Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast episode finds you well, and I hope you're all having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And again, I just want to thank you for taking the time to tune in with us today, this morning or evening, or whatever time it is that you're listening. Um, I just want to, again, state that the goal of this podcast is to help us in our everyday lives and give us practical insight at the Bible and how it applies to us today in our contemporary significance. That is the goal that I had when I started this podcast. It's to glorify God, number one, and number two, to help teach and coach us to live the way that we're supposed to, and then three, to show how the Bible does apply to our lives and how it absolutely matters today that we read this book, and or I should say that we read this collection of books And so, with that being said, we've been, in Season 4 of Thursday Thoughts, we've been talking about, we've been looking through the book of Proverbs, and we've talked about what a proverb is, and what's the point of the book of Proverbs. We talked about how Proverbs is these this series of short sayings, it's from a couple of different groups of people, Uh, this first set that we're going through. Uh, the past couple weeks, and today we're looking at some that King Solomon wrote, and we see, and I'm sure if you've been able, if you've been tuning into the previous few episodes, you've seen how they apply to us, and you'll continue to see how they apply to us today. And today's today's podcast, I want to say something that's going to challenge you, okay? Because it sh- it challenges me, and I'm not saying since it challenges me, it's going to challenge you, but what I mean is just like because we're all people. And I think sometimes we all think that we're the ones in control of our life and we're the ones in control of everything going on. Because if you're anything like me, you like control and you like to know what's going on and you like like to have your hands on everything. I think the Bible teaches something different. (laughs) And sometimes I get frustrated because, you know, I want to know everything and I want to have control over everything, but I can't. And I don't have control over everything. And that's a hard reality and a tough pill for me to swallow, but that's just the truth. And so the statement I want to tell you guys that I want you to think about is this. You are not the master of your own destiny. You are not the master of your own destiny. And what I mean by that is that we are not the ones in control of what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. I'm not the one who's in control of me making millions of dollars or getting the dream job or the dream uh, girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, whatever case in life you're in, whatever your dreams and your aspirations are, you are not the one in control of that. I know a lot of times we've 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 hear sayings about you know take your life into your own hands and uh, you know you're in control of your destiny and stuff like that, but that actually could not be further from the truth biblically speaking. That does not mean that you can't work toward a goal or work to be a millionaire or work to be. Um, to get the good partner that you deserve or work to get the good job that you want. like that That's not what we're saying here or what I'm saying here, but what I am saying here is that we're not the ones in control of what happens, right? We just go in and put in the work, and God is the one who gives and gives the reward. God is the one who's in control of our lives, and God is the one who gives freely, and he will take freely. And this passage that we're going to look at today in Proverbs chapter 3 teaches us this. Um, and Solomon, again, is talking to like his, his son or, you know, for us today, it's like um, a mature 
spiritual leader talking to a younger Christian or a younger uh, mentee, if you will, the mentor talking to the mentee. And this passage that we're talking about today kind of, kind of, it does, I should say, discuss this idea of what I'm saying about how we are not in control of our own destiny. And so uh, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It begins, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep your heart, or keep your heart, excuse me, I'm going to restart that. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. That means abandon you and leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find good favor and success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so a lot of you probably recognize at least part of this passage. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 is arguably one of the most famous passages in the Bible, if you will at least within the church, you know, uh, people who go to church regularly and Christians, I feel like are very familiar with Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And a lot of times, I, I do not, so, I do not believe that people teach this passage wrong by any means. However, I do believe it, it can be taught in its true and proper context, maybe more efficiently. And so that's what I'm going to try to do real quickly for you. And so, the thing that basically Proverbs chapter 3 reminds me of is what it's doing is is that the reader is challenged. The reader is challenged here, right? So this is like a spiritual, uh, a fatherly figure, right? My son, a mentoring figure. My son, do not forget my teaching, right? We see the continuing theme of Proverbs chapter 1 and 2, right? Where Solomon was telling the young person, you know, don't forsake my teaching, listen to it, and it'll benefit you, right? That's what Solomon's saying again here. Don't forget the teaching, Keep it on your heart, you know, and then you know, you'll have longer days and years of life and peace will be brought to you, right? Don't let love and faithfulness leave you, right? Bind them around your neck. Hold on to it. Write them on the tablet of your heart, right? Inscribe it forever so that you find favor and success with God and with man. And so again, we see here the reminder for the son to the reminder for us because we are the son in this position. The reminder for us to hold on to God's word, hold on to the teaching that we get that's biblical and that's truthful, and don't let it leave our hearts and our minds, and don't let love and faithfulness leave us, but we need to bind them to us and hold on to it. And why should we do that? Verse 4 of Proverbs chapter 3, because then we will find favor and success with God and man, right? What that means is, you know, 
don't think, you know, don't hold on to what you think. Hold on to what's true. Hold on to the commandments of the Lord, right? And then we see, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Right? And so, you know, in the typical way this passage is taught, and it's and it's definitely true, and I'm not saying that it's wrong, um, is, you know, to, you know, trust in God and don't trust your, you know, trust in God because God is right. And, you know, trust him with your life, give him your life. And, you know, a lot of times, he, most every time, actually, he knows better than us. And then your path, when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, right, then he'll make your path straight to you. And that's definitely true. But I think we can take it a step further on what's being taught here, right? Because if you keep reading further, right, he's saying, don't be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil, right? It'll be refreshment to you. Honor the Lord with the first of your produce, right? The With the first of everything you get, and then you will be rewarded, right? Your barns will be filled and your vats will be bursting with wine. Don't despise the Lord's discipline, right? But be weary of his reproof, for the Lord only redeems and reproves those he loves, Right, just like a father does, and so basically, in the broader, in the in the more specific context, what this passage I think is teaching us, it's it's challenging the readers, us today, to hand over the fantasies of our callous independence, to 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 hand over the 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 self centered fantasy that we have, right. Therefore, I think these charges that Solomon is writing here in Proverbs chapter 3, I think it's charging us and encouraging us to give up the self-centered fantasy and replace it with a God-centered reality. I think that it's what's, what it's teaching us is that statement I read to you earlier. This passage is teaching us that we are not in control of our own destiny. Even I know as we get older, we have dreams and we have goals and we have, we have aspirations and things we want to do, and those are good things, and I pray that you will seek those out and that you will fulfill them, but you do them in the right way and don't think that you're the one who goes out and earns that and does it for yourself. No, God gives it. That's what this passage is teaching us, right? Readers are challenged to hand over the fantasies of our independence, right? In verses 3 through 4 of chapter 3, right? Uh, to hand over our self-determination, 5 and 6, right? Trust in the Lord, not in yourself. Freedom to make our own moral rules, right? How we need to... We need to not be wise in our own eyes and think that we know everything, but fear the Lord and turn away from those things, right? And then we have to give up our ownership of goods and realize that God is the one who gives it to us, so we need to give him the first fruits of our labor. And freedom from correction, right? We need to give up this idea that, you know, we don't deserve discipline and that we don't need correction because that's a good thing, right? Taken together, the message is clear here. We are not masters of our own destiny. In other words, you cannot be your own gods or your own God, right? I am not my own God, right? I have a God. I have a heavenly Father. He is the one who gives me these things. He is the one who, he's the one who makes the rules. He has ownership of my goods. He is the one who corrects me, and he, is my de- he, he determines my worth, and he is my dependence. I depend on him. He is my heavenly Father. That is what this passage is teaching us. You know, the changes don't stand alone, right? The complete portrayal of God is not negative or harsh, right? 
The benefits of life and prosperity become the key motivation of this section, right? Why should we be willing to give up our independence and be dependent on God and realize that He really is the one who owns everything and He is the one who gives everything? Because then we will have a good name, right? We will have straight paths. We will have bodily health verse, in verse 8. And our, our barns will be overflowing and wine vats will be overflowing, right? All of these are variations of the theme of the good life, right? We all want the good life, and we all think that we're the ones who need to take control of our own destiny and make the good life for ourselves. But in reality, we are not in control of our own destiny. God is, and so we need to make sure that we are giving back to God what He deserves, which is the first fruits of everything that we have. He needs to be the first thing we think of. It is better to think of these benefits as a result rather than rewards. These are results of trusting in God and living His way. They're not rewards. They are the results of what happens. The wisdom writers, especially Solomon here, understood that the life of shalom, as the Jewish people in in Judaism would say, it's a gift from God that intends for the enjoyment of all, and it's meant to be for the enjoyment of everyone. They also know that some who choose to depart from the path, and therefore, you know, if they choose to depart from this path and live their own way, they pass up the fruits that go along with it. And so, I think about the the negative imperatives, the negative imperatives in this passage warn against, number one, the trust in one's own understanding, and then number two, or sorry, and, and number two, wisdom, in our own wisdom. We don't need to trust in our own understanding and also in our own wisdom, which is basically saying the same thing. The positive imperatives come first, however, right? Trust in the Lord and the fear of the Lord, right, in these passages. And the benefits of that is security and wealth, right? We need to trust, right? The The main thing that is taught here like, is that trust in the Lord and fear of the Lord, right? Just as in chapter 3, verses 1, and in verse 3, the teaching is to be written on the heart, right? So here, one is to trust in the Lord with all their heart, right? The parallel with lean not on your own understanding indicates that trust is trust in the goodness of God's ways, right? It's communicated in the covenantal teaching like that of Deuteronomy, but also here in wisdom teaching, right? Therefore, those who choose the way of wisdom as their own trust that God knows how things ought to be done, right? And are willing to stake their lives on it. Therefore, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, mainly verse 5, should not be used to support the notion that this confidence is a sort of blind trust that suspends critical judgment. Rather, the student of wisdom learns to have confidence that the living God is the most that that faith and trust in the in the living God is the most reasonable thing to do and that this will be proved as the Lord makes our paths straight. The Hebrew word here for straight it denotes and kind of shows that what it what it's showing is that it's travel made safe by the clearing and leveling of the road. That's what this is teaching us, right? Making a straight path is also a form of guidance. As for example, when one creates a path for water to, to flow into the crops and stuff like that. In short, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 speak more about guidance and ethical behavior than particular choices such as a career or a mate. 
right? Leaning on one's own understanding is more than failing to pray about decisions. It is more like being wise in in one's own eyes. That is, believing that one can determine what is right and wrong without guidance from God and his gift of wisdom. And so that's what this passage is teaching. This passage is teaching us that God is the one who controls our destiny, not us. Right? What does uh, Jeremiah 29.11 say? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. God is the one who controls our destiny, not us. And so why do we sometimes live that way? We need to realize that, you know, you can be independent in your life, but realizing that we are all dependent to a degree, and the, the dependence that we all have is that we all depend on God. We all depend... We all depend on we all depended on Jesus because if Jesus had not lived for us and died for us, we could not save ourselves. So we were dependent on Christ. We were dependent on God to love us enough to send Christ. And we're dependent on the Holy Spirit to live within us and to help us live life in the Spirit and live the way we're supposed to now. And so we are all de- we are all dependent. And so this this idea of how we need to be independent and take our lives into our own hands is false. Now, again, this is not me saying that you can't be independent and live by yourself and chase your dreams. That's not what this is. But the idea is just that recognize who is the one who provides your dreams to you and who is the one who provides you the opportunities to pursue those dreams. And whenever you start getting the things that you want, who deserves the credit? Not you, but God. We are not in control of our own destiny. We are not the masters of our own destiny. We don't get to choose for ourselves what is right and what's wrong. God does. That's what this passage in Proverbs is teaching us. And so I want to tell you guys a story to end our podcast today. And I think it will go well with what we're talking about in terms of trust, right? We talked about the main thing that this passage is teaching is trust. And it's hard because, I mean, if you're anything like me, you know, you like control and you like to do things your way. Because I know I do. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And lean not on our understanding, but trust in him because he will make our path straight. He will provide life to us when we do that. If you put God first, Jesus taught this basically almost verbatim in Matthew chapter 6, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. That's what we are required to do. If we trust in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. And so trust, that's the concept here that we need to remember is Do I trust myself more than God? Because sometimes we live that way. You know, I think all of us in word would say, oh, well, I trust God more than myself, you know, because he's God and I'm just a person. But do our actions show that? Do I trust God with my life where I give him the first part of my paycheck and I make sure I give to the contribution on Sunday? Do I trust God enough to where when I'm, you know, oh, man, I have this big project coming up. I I should probably stop and pray and ask for God's help. Or do I just hunker down and do it myself because I'm the most capable person I know? You see what I mean? And like a lot of the, a lot of times we're not intentionally, I think, being selfish and thinking that we're the only ones who can do something, but we get so used to living that way that we don't change. And so we need to remember that God is the provider. God is the one who gives. God is who we should trust in and not ourselves because we are not perfect, and God is. And so let me tell you a story. It was a bright, clear morning, 
A large crowd had gathered at Niagara Falls to see the famous uh, Blondin walk over it on a tightrope at Niagara Falls. The sun glistened on the cascending torrent as it rushed over the opening. From below came the ceaseless thunder of the plunging cataract of waterfall, right? The world's greatest tightrope walker briefly tested the taut strand and reached across to the opposite bank. Then he took his long pole and, balancing himself expertly, started across. The crowd followed every movement tensely. Step by step, he moved forward. The people on the shore reacted nervously to every sharp motion of the balancing pole. But their fears and their worries were unnecessary. The great Blondin not only went across safely, but returned as well to the great relief and admiration of the spectators. So this is the world's greatest tightrope walker at the time, right? Turning to the audience, he then made a sensational offer. He would cross the falls again, this time with someone on his back. Who was willing to go? No one rushed forward to accept the offer. Picking out a man, excuse me, picking out a man at random, Blondin asked, Do you believe that I am able to carry you across? Yes, sir, came the unhesitating reply. Well then, let's go, Blondin urged. Not on your life, and the man withdrew into the crowd. And so it went, one after another, expressed great confidence in the tightrope walker, but no one would agree to let Blondin take them across. Finally, a young man moved forward toward the front of the group, and Blondin repeated his question. Do you believe I can carry you across safely? Yes, I do. Are you willing to let me? As a matter of fact, I am. So the young man climbed onto the expert's back. Blondin stepped onto the rope, paused momentarily, then moved across the falls without difficulty. There were many in the crowd who believed that Blondin could do it, but there was only one who was willing to trust in him to do it. And so the question is, is that God is offering to carry us through this life, just like Blondin offered to carry these people across Niagara Falls, the great opening of Niagara Falls. And so life can be scary and life can be uncertain to put your, and especially to put your life and your trust and everything, you put your value into someone else's hands. That's hard. And I get that. Just like it would be hard to be willing to let some dude walk across you on a tight, walk with you on his back on a tightrope across Niagara Falls. That would be hard. But this young man had faith and trusted in them in Blondin to do it. God is offering to carry us through this life. If we just trust in him and get on his back. And if we follow his word, and if we do what we're supposed to do. And so the question this morning is, do you trust God? Are you truly trusting in him with all your heart? Or do you trust your own understanding over God? We need to give up this idea that we're the masters of our own destiny. God is the one who's in control, not us. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast, again, finds you well. I pray that it's been an encouragement to you. And I, I encourage you guys to remember that we need to trust in God and not ourselves. God is the master.